episode 68, Michael O'Neill. Welcome to Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Dragging down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Worlds they live by. For example, put the cookie down. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Make sure you follow us also on Twitter at Awaken Your Alpha. And go to the Facebook group, like our page. Get to the podcast. Hello, hello. It's a sharp suit in your uh, <laughs> picture. Looks good. So today, guys, we have one that I'm very personally interested in today. We have on the line a man from the Solopreneur Hour, another podcast. It's Michael O'Neill. And uh, this show has been less, going for less than one year. It's already gained more than one million downloads. And uh, I've just been talking to him, and it gets even more impressive, which we're going to talk about. Um, he's born in Toledo, Ohio, current resident of San Diego. As a lot of the people I seem to interview seem to gravitate towards the West Coast because it's very nice. Ultimately, it's all about the Solopreneur Hour podcast at the moment. And this is um, goes out three times a week, as uh, all the best podcasts do. Uh, but he is really storming it with this. So, uh, firstly, Michael, are you ready to awaken your alpha? I am indeed ready to awaken my alpha. How are you doing, Adam? I'm I'm doing really good. I'm I'm here to learn, and I'm here to pass on anything we can, anything useful we can get to my listeners as well. So I'm doing good. good I'll take it. Yeah, all <laughs> the above. Whatever I can do, I'm psyched about. Brilliant. I mean, there's more to your bio than that. Is there anything that? you'd want to chuck in that stands out for you that you think, actually, I'm not just the solopreneur hour man. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to chuck in? Like, No, it? no. I, 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 like to, I like to put my bio out there and, then, and yeah. give people free reign to pick and choose anything they want out of it. And okay. we can chat about it. I'm going to pick one more bit then. Proudly yeah. unemployable. I sure. like that. <laughs> yeah. It's now the official name of my LLC as well. So that's oh, something lovely. that kind of, that's something that um, kind of came from the show, which was, you know, my original tagline, which is job security for the unemployable, mm-hmm. um, that people really resonated with that phrase. They really dig the unemployable yeah. thing. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I yeah, love it. I mean, I, I think a lot of times, we, like my poor girlfriend has been now hanging around with me for about six months and <laughs> she's like, I, I, I can barely go to work anymore. I'm like, that's what happens. You hang around these people enough. And I know what you mean. Yeah. You it messes learn, with people's heads. Enough, yeah, you learn enough about this world of being an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, and it's really hard to go back to work and kind of work for some kind of dumb middle manager anymore. You just kind of have to go do your own thing. It's, it's interesting you say that. Yeah, it's, it's one of them things in life. Once you've, I think you mentioned about the matrix and different things. Once you've, uh, once you've gone down a certain path or taken the the blue or the red pill, there's no way back. You can't like unlearn it or pretend you don't know what's going on. Very no, tricky. you can't. It's really hard to go punch the clock and go oh. back to your, you know, yeah. go back to your desk job when you know that, you know, two miles away, one of your buddies is <laughs> sitting on the beach with his iPad and he's making more money than you, and he's living a life of sort of time and financial freedom. So yeah, and 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 then when he does work, he's doing what he loves, which really the the kick in the teeth for some people. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Oh, man. Well, I, I've always struggled in that, you know, the proudly unemployable thing. Because, again, a lot of people almost, uh, they try and shy away or, or try and appear employable when deep down they should be proudly unemployable, embrace it, 
And like you said about um, once you find out, I think the turning point for myself was when I got married and went traveling. I've been struggling anyway, but I was in like a, a good job and all, it all looked good. But I went traveling for a year and I was in, so I rented out my house. I didn't do anything special, just rented out my house because I had to really. And then went traveling and it was when I was going through places like Asia and sitting on the beach eating prawn curries for lunch. Um, right. I noticed my budget was not going down because the actual rent from my house after the mortgage was actually m sort of more than I needed to survive on the beach because it's so obviously you don't need much to get by. And I was like, Whoa, wait a minute, like I'm this is exactly the same as if I was working, except I'm sitting on a beach, <laughs> except you're not working. Right? Yeah, so little yeah. things like that start to you know start the process. Um, I wonder, I want to talk about your we've got sort of your background, where you're from, and different things, but. I want to know about your origin story. How did you get from growing up so little Michael to being sort of financially time free and doing what you love? How the bit in the middle, which is what people are generally interested in, how did you how did you make that transition? So the um, the overarching story is that you know my my dad was a pretty corporate dude, pretty CEO kind of guy. Yeah, and and was always like, oh, I should work in the medical field interested in any of that I was a designer I mean ultimately I was a I was a creative and was in art school and and, and uh, in 1994 I had it was kind of interesting I was working at a restaurant and we had a wine tasting at the restaurant I didn't drink at all at the time and the bartender that was the bartender at this restaurant did this wine tasting at like four o'clock in the afternoon and then kept drinking all night and we were both <laughs> let off at the exact same time. Um, it was about 10 o'clock that night. And she had been drinking the whole night. And ironically, I, it's, I'm in my 1971 Volkswagen Carmen Ghia that I painstakingly restored uh, <laughs> in, high, in high school. And I'm sitting at this traffic light because I, wanted, I was hungry. And I wanted to get, like, it's so funny, the irony of working at a restaurant, you don't actually get to eat. But I was like, oh, I'm going to stop and grab a little food at a convenience store or go home. Like, so I literally was at a crossroads where I could have gone right and gone onto the highway or I could have gone straight, waited at the light and gone to this convenience store. So I was hungry. So I decided to wait. And while I'm sitting at the light, this bartender that I worked with ran into me at 40 miles an hour, just rear ended me in her, in her dumb Toyota, whatever it was. <laughs> Damn. And totaled my totaled my car, totaled my Carmen Ghia that I had restored. Like it was, it was. I was literally crying. On the I was going to say the there must have been tears or close to it. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it was it was awful. And uh, because she was drunk and because she was, you know, whatever. I, I ended up suing her. Uh, well, the insurance company did anyway, and I won some money. And with that money, I bought my first computer. That was like, it was weird, a weird way to get into the, my career. Yeah. And I bought a Mac Performa 6116 in like 1994, I think it was. Whoa, you were a pioneer. And, <laughs> yeah. And um, I was in school and I was thinking I was going to be like a producer, like a director or a producer or something like that uh, for television. And then the web came along because it was kind of like, well, what is this thing where I can kind of mush video and audio and design and everything under one platform this is this yeah. could be kind of cool and so i started a web uh design business in 1994 my first client was a company called body therapy associates and the website's still there gotyourback.com huh. and um obviously it's been designed since 94 yeah. but 
that really began my love of kind of design and technology. And so yeah. throughout the, the 90s, I would, you know, really up my design game. And I started learning PHP in MySQL and, and started doing some of the programming side. So fast forward a few years, I was the, um, I ended up as the creative director for this Fortune 500 company in Boulder, Colorado. And Oh, I hear that's, that's a really nice place to live. I hear oh, good things. I was there for 12 years. It was phenomenal. Just a, a fantastic place to live. I was going to say Boulder and, and then San Diego. God, you don't like, live in very nice places. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I rough it a lot. Um, <laughs> in the slums. Yeah, well, that's because I was born in Toledo and I had nowhere to go but up. Um, <laughs> but so it is, uh, it's like Bristol. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like, right? Isn't that, uh, isn't that where the office was in, um, uh, no, Bri- in the UK? Uh, the office was in Slough, which is a uh, Slough. Slough, yeah. yeah. It's Toledo. like an industrial estate. It's yeah, very that's Toledo. and it's a rough area, yeah. Right. That's Toledo. <laughs> that's that's exactly Toledo. So nice. I'd already started reading some of the books, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad and Cashflow Quadrant and Four Hour Work Week. And I was I remember very specifically working with this girl, Kate, who was clueless, but was my boss. And she was controlling the entire marketing team and she was really clueless, but she'd had the ear of the, of the boss, you know, like they, she'd been there since the beginning. So they sort of gave her all this responsibility and she was awful at her job. And, and I, we butted heads because I'm not a guy that, you know, is, is, I'm not very uh, diplomatic when it comes to things like that. And so I lasted about a year at this company and after a year, we were both kind of like, yeah, we're all set with each other. And we left. You know, we, I was gone. And I realized there's no way. I had already been a freelancer for too long at that point. Yeah. And I was completely unemployable. So that was, really the, that was really the origin of that feeling. But I wouldn't do anything with it for years. Yeah. Um, fast forward a few years, I started a podcast with a guy named David Wood who worked at a uh, – Network marketing company that what, I was. How long ago was this? How, this was this was 2012. 2012, because one of yeah. my questions. I, I mean, it sounds like we're getting near. There's been a few bits like this, but we have an awakening type question where it's like, when did it all start to up level and you really kind of get in line with your path and really sort of head and get to the point of you know? It seems like the solopreneur hour on the surface. It seems like you're really suited to it and you're loving it and it's going really well. When did you? Was there a type of moment? It sounds like we're getting to that point, but it's completely up to you. Yeah, the evolution of it was that I had um, I'd had a, a, a sort of a big family tragedy, and then 2009, I, I literally had to start over again with everything. Okay. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew what I didn't want to do is work an hour for a dollar ever again. So yeah. I didn't want to do any more client services work. I didn't want to work for anybody else. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And... I met a guy uh, in Denver that introduced me to a network marketing company. And so um, because I was in this mode of kind of saying yes, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, let's do it. Let's give it a try. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I just wanted to try all kinds of stuff. And I ended up joining up with this company and having uh, three really great years of, of building a business. But during that time, Six months into it, I was so good at social media and so good at like the psychology of sales mm-hmm. on social media, being like, don't walk out and go buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing. But but to really uh, pique curiosity and get people to ask me what the products were and how they could use them by illustrating how great my life was when on the products or how great my friends' lives were when on the products. And so 
that really became a, uh, I ended up getting stopped in a hallway by the chief technology officer of this, you know, $500 million company that said, Hey, we've been watching what you've been doing on social media. Um, would you be willing to share that with the rest of the field? And I was like, sure. (laughs) So I created this thing called the social media roadshow and myself, my buddy Kenyon and this guy, Kevin from the company went to like 17 different cities around the country. And Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. So I taught from stage or in workshops, how to use social media to grow your network marketing business. And that was really my first foray into that kind of training and that kind of like satisfaction from seeing an aha moment from someone. We did that live in front of, you know, however many thousands of people. But I realized that this is an industry that at the time the network network marketing slash MLM industry yeah. is wrought with very bad marketing, very bad people executing um, uh, terrible strategies on, on social media. It was just, you know, it's just this sort of buy, buy, buy thing that they do. And the companies don't know better, so they tell their people to do that. So I created an online training course, 30 chapters, and it took me about three months to build. And I was charging whatever it was, 97 bucks for it. And my thought was, okay, I'll see if I can do 50 in a month, and then I'll have five grand, which would be great. So I was starting over again financially. And then I ended up doing um, 65 the first day. Whoa. It was like, wow, yeah. That is an eye-opener, yeah. that, That didn't sustain... But it was kind of like, wow, I just went from it was, you know, uh, five, you know, or whatever, like 12 noon. And by the time seven o'clock rolled around, I had sixty five hundred bucks in my account. I'm like, OK, whoa, there's something there. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a big deal. I, I said I could do that once a month and that would be a great living. Right. Yeah, so totally. that's that was sort of my first foray into it. And how this thing evolved was kind of interesting because I had gone. I, so version 1.0 was social media ninja tactics for network marketers. Yeah. And then I updated it a year later. And then I updated it another year later, which was 2012. And for that iteration, I started using the phrase solopreneurs because... I was going to say, it's a great word. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, just because I discovered that pretty much any time somebody hires a business, but they're really getting a person, that's a solopreneur. So it could yeah. be a massage therapist or a doctor or an actor or a comedian, or an athlete, like, you know, ultimately, when it boils down to a person, that's a solopreneur. So, and typically, they're trying to build a life of time and financial freedom, and not like giant companies. I still had zero intention of starting my own show, and this was 2012. Yeah, it's getting Um, pretty recent, definitely. Yeah, and what had happened was, there was a guy at this company that had asked me a social media question. I said, you know, David, we should think about taking your brand global. And he, he goes, well, how do we do that? I said, you should start a podcast. And he goes, what's a podcast? And I was like, well, it's like a, you know, on-demand radio show that you get on your iPhone or something. He goes, yeah. okay. So I created, you know, because of all my background, I had all the social media, all the design, all the web. So I created this entire brand called The Kick-Ass Life with David Wood. And we launched it. And before we knew it, it was like in 191 countries. And it's still a top Whoa. 10 show in self-help. Like it's it's a top podcast in health and so that exposure and basically what he did is he would speak into the mic and i would do everything else so I would <laughs> he had a good gig the, man definitely he had a good gig um i would do all the production all the advertising all the promotion all the web like everything so all the work um, man <laughs> i did all the work yeah because as as you know 
10% of this gig is talking in, into the mic. I the love it. Yeah, I love that bit. <laughs> yeah, that's the easy part. Yeah. So, so I did that, and we sort of prided ourselves because he travels all over the world, and he would take his little Zoom H4N and record shows all over the place and <clears throat> upload them to Dropbox, and then I would do my thing. So we had shows from all over Bali and... Um, that is very cool, yeah. Like, all over the, really all over the world, Australia and Japan and all this stuff. And so that he was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and he couldn't, there was a show that, um, I mean, he was literally off the grid. Yeah. He was just not available, nowhere near anything. And we, we had, we didn't have enough shows in the queue and all of a sudden, like the show was coming up. I needed, <laughs> we needed a show. So I decided to go on the mic and for the first time and do, um, I did a show on training social media if you're a solopreneur. That was like my first episode on the Kick-Ass Life. It was destiny. <laughs> well, two things happened. One, as I found it uh, pitifully easy. It was just an easy thing for me to do. I was like, oh, I can do this. And then I also had this thing where a bunch of people reached out and said, that was really good. Like it was a, you should do this. Like you're yeah. pretty good at this. Shut up now! And let's <laughs> don't, then, uh, we'll, don't worry, man. I'll, I'll, I'll lead you into you the, are a good the, talker. It's all good. The current part. Well, so, there was a few names sort of thrown out and stuck out for me. Pat Flynn for one. This is our Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? Who do you really think really helped you up level it and was in the right place at the right time just to help you? It might have been someone you sort of might not have met them even. It could have just been someone you aspired to. It's completely up to you. If there was sort of a linchpin for the the evolution of the show, it was definitely Pat. Yeah. Just because we had we had uh, we become friends at that point, and you know he lives in San Diego, I live in San Diego, and we had had a conversation. Uh, we had lunch early 2013 in here in San Diego. We just went to a like a local pizza place mm -hmm. and hung out. We we got a chance to talk for a couple hours. And just, you know, shooting the... Yeah, that makes a difference, out. definitely. Yeah, and we... It, it was the kind of thing where we just... We talked about what was going on in our lives, and we talked about, like, um, you know, our girlfriends and <laughs> wives, in his case, and all of this different stuff. And he left there, and we were walking home, and he said, Dude, I just want to say thank you. I never get to do that. Like, <laughs> I never get to just talk and hang out. Everything's always about you know, smart passive income yeah. about online this and online that. So I never really get to just sort of hang. And I said, well, yeah, that was great. But then I also thought, hmm, what an interesting idea for a show. What if I could just bring people on that are sort of noteworthy? Yeah. And we don't necessarily talk about the same stuff they talk about all the time. Yeah, because I suppose just, if they're at that sort of level you're talking about, they've probably done the rounds. And if someone wants to hear him talk times. about that, yeah, they can hear that. So you're trying to get something slight, your own spin it, get a, Slightly different. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good. My, my <laughs> philosophy was if you can read about it on their about page on their website, I don't want to talk about yeah. it. Like that's that's how I approached my show. And so I thought, hmm, that'd be an interesting idea for a show. And then I had a guy, um, we had a guy named Mike Johnston who's a professional drummer. And I'm a drummer. I've been a, I've been a drummer my whole life. And he, he was such a great guest on The Kick-Ass Life. And he and I really got on well uh, on the telephone. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to do a, because I love to teach and he loved to teach. And I thought, wouldn't it be a cool show to do Learn to Learn with Mike and Mike? That would have been a fun, <laughs> that would have just been a fun show to do. Yeah. And um, he was down, but 
But then he his career totally blew up. I mean, right then was kind of like the beginning of this meteoric rise for him, where now he's been on the cover of all the magazines. and God, he's, he's so been, selfish. He's, he, could, he could have been yes. on Mike and Mike. Okay. Uh, I know. I wanted to build a way for those kinds of people, even if they were really busy, to just pop in and out yeah. and host the show if they wanted to. And so that was where kind of the co-hosting idea came yeah. from. Um, and then I was on my I was riding my bike somewhere here in San Diego, and I heard something or on on iTunes where someone said, "Yeah, it was the blah 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 hour," and I was like, "Oh my god, the Solopreneur Hour! Yeah. That is the show." Because then it embodied everything that I was trying to accomplish to kind of meld all my worlds together. Yeah, which and is like talk music about and yeah, and talk about that. a title that kind of says it all. You know exactly what you're going to get. Solopreneur hour. You don't need to say out or oh, how long's an episode and things like that. It's just it that's says right. it all. It's perfect. Yeah, it's all part of the and, and that's you'll you'll find that um, I'm a real stickler for brand. Like it's yeah. a I I think it's the most critical piece of launching a show. If you don't nail your brand, mm. you, your show probably won't go anywhere. And because I had had, you know, 25 years of design and branding experience, it was like, all right. And so my, my brand ended up being pretty strong right out of the gates. Yeah. And that was helpful. <laughs> that was very helpful. So, you, I mean, I'm interested. When did you, when did you uh, make the transition to San Diego? I'd had so much kind of chaos in my life for a few years yeah. that I was ready to, I was really ready to go. And, um. I moved here in February of 2012. So actually right, literally right as I was launching the Kick-Ass Life is when I was moving here. Really? So really that yeah. began, like that began a, I mean, San Diego has been nothing but awesome for me. It's a real you know, entrepreneurial all, all hub around. there as well, isn't it? I know it sure is, yeah. it's a real good environment. Yeah, yeah we've got a lot of uh, people moving and shaking in this world, <laughs> in, in this kind of internet world yeah. um, right here. So it's, it's pretty fortunate to be honest. Brilliant. Right. Well, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna mix up the pace here because I know you've got. I think just to give you an idea, guys, of sort of the lifestyle. I know you've got seven interviews almost back to back. So <laughs> we're gonna good. we're gonna mix up the pace here. Let's go a little bit quicker. So we're gonna mix it up with the yin yang round. This is where I'm just gonna hit you with some 50-50 options of randomness, and we get to find out a little bit more about yourself. Let's go. Schwarzenegger or Stallone? Stallone. Video or audio? Audio. DVD or cinema? DVD. A hundred thousand downloads or a hundred? Oh, sorry, or a thousand emails? Um, hundred thousand downloads. J Lo or Jessica Alba? J Lo. Yeah. <laughs> Boot All day long. She's so cute on American Idol. Oh. I love her. Hey, I'm. Preaching to the converted. I've always been a fan. <laughs> yeah. Twitter. So, but I, I oh, found her so much nicer on that show. Like, she was just a nice... Anyway, doesn't Yeah, no, no. I'm... I'm Because I, I liked... I was a big fan of Jennifer Lopez back in the day. I, I prefer her acting to her singing <laughs> and other things. But, right, um, right, sure. Yeah, but um, when she went... I wasn't a fa I, my, I wasn't much of a fan when she went a bit too Jenny for the, from the block for me. And, like, but right. when, you, when you see her on American Idol again, she seems real nice. Like you yeah, said. nice and... and very pretty, very pretty lady. Yeah, and she's she's uh, no spring chicken now. She's even though she doesn't look anything like it, she's like forty two or something, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, she's 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 she uh, hanging right in there. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter or LinkedIn? Twitter by a um, country mile. I thought it would be, but you never know. You never know. Okay, virtual assistants, U.S. or Philippines? 
jeez. Um, well, if they were in the U.S., they wouldn't be virtual. They'd be like in my back, yeah, backyard. <laughs> okay, um, not in San Diego. Then. Well, God, if you can afford it, U.S. Yeah, okay. No worries, no worries. Okay, and then we're going to move on now to the complete blank around. And this is where you just got to finish my sentence for me, fill in the blank, and we'll see where it takes us. Sound good? Yeah, sounds interesting. <laughs> okay, your best friend would describe you as? Asshole. No. Uh... <laughs> First answer, please. There we go. Okay, good. Great. That, okay, good. No, it's, up, it's up to you if you want to add to that. It's fine. <laughs> um, God, my best friend describe me as intense. The last time you... more fun. <laughs> I thought you were going to say intense arsehole, then I was like, oh, but it's, 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 yeah, up, there you go. it's your answer. <laughs> it's um, last time you were drunk was? Uh, a week ago <laughs> at, my, at my, my, my convention that I was at. Favorite movie of all time is? Goodwill Hunting. Ah, oh, that is an awesome film. And yeah. uh, obviously, straight away at the moment, it's something flicks to mind that it's a, such a shame uh, the man is not with us heartbreaking. anymore. Heartbreaking. Yeah, absolute yeah. legend. So, uh, yeah, I need to watch that film again. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. I've seen... seen it so many times. If I was to visit San Diego, I should? Go to the zoo. you got to go to the zoo. I've been to San Diego, and I haven't been to the zoo, and it's kind of the thing that everyone says, oh, you got to go to the zoo. But, yeah, I really, yeah, I really it's, need it's, to. It's what we're famous for. Okay, and this is going to interest me more. If I was to visit Toledo, Ohio, I should? Go see the uh, Toledo Mud Hens, which is their. You're a, De <laughs> what? You're a Detroit. You're a Detroit fan. This, it's their farm team. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I've just. I've just. I'm trying to integrate slowly. I bought the Detroit hat, and everyone thinks I'm a fan. But I'm. That's that's phase one. <laughs> yeah, good. Well done. Good. I'm getting there. <laughs> I was going when I went to obviously in Michigan for a month just recently, and so I bought the hat, grew a beard, and uh, I was just about to get my lumberjack shirt and chop some trees, but. Then I was out, but we're moving on. And I just wanted to um, ask you, really, when it comes to, and it's up to you how intense you want to take this or how high level you want to take this, when it comes to someone starting a podcast or really when it comes to social media, what are some real key mistakes people make on just for almost like an idiot's guide, things they should really be looking to do to sort of keep their brand strong and really be successful with social media? Well, you said it. The, the biggest mistake that people make uh, at least with a podcast, yeah. is they don't spend enough time on their brand. So they don't have, when I say, who's your avatar, if they don't know exactly who they're speaking to. Yeah. They might even have a range of people like, oh yeah, there's 25 to 12. I'm like, nope, that's not an avatar. That's a demographic. You need a, you need a person. Um, and they don't know what their promise is to that person. So a one quick glance at the Solopreneur, our logo. First of all, you already said it. You broke it down, which is you know how long it is. You know who it's speaking to. Yep. But then it says candid insights and lively conversations with the proudly unemployable. So, like, it really – you really know exactly what you're getting Yeah. Uh, from that. So I spent a long time on, on the brand itself. No, it's interesting. Then, I mean, like you say, I'm, I've dialed in my avatar, but I'm, I'm just – now I'm just going through it and thinking on these points. Is it clear to everyone else? Because mine is literally – Adam, 35, <laughs> from the, you know, travels around right. quite a bit, and uh, that's it. So my avatar is nice and easy. It's myself, pretty much, because sure. then I can hunt down people like yourself that I want to speak to, that I want to yeah. ask certain strange questions to. But then I know I'm I'm staying true to my brand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the other one is, and this is especially true for uh, for podcasters, is that 
the the adage of sort of fail forward fast or take imperfect action doesn't apply to podcasting. Ah. And the reason why is because when you are um, – people think that their competition is, you know, whoever, Tim Ferriss or Pat Flynn or yeah. me or John or whoever. When the truth is they're, they're – you know, at least for your listeners or, you know, their competition is the BBC or it's NPR or it's Howard Stern or it's morning radio. So – when someone doesn't invest in the gear and get real good gear with good sound quality, what happens is for that new person that has never heard a podcast before, they're listening to NPR in their car, and now all these cars are coming with Stitcher and they're coming with Apple podcasting apps. So you're going to get all these new people that are listening to podcasts that have never heard them before. And they're going to switch over from their morning radio or their Howard Stern, and they're going to switch to your janky sounding <laughs> I, I'm in my parents' basement sounding podcast, and they're yeah. going to go, oh, that's what podcasting is. No thanks. And it really hurts the whole industry if you don't have your you know, your stuff dialed in. So you got to sound good. you got to know how to interview people. You have to know how to introduce people. In this space, which is this kind of entrepreneurial you know, uh, mindset coaching space, everybody's new at it. Like there's nobody that's been doing this more than a year or two that's like these big, well-reputed, you know, that's a really uh, good point. That podcasters. is a really good so point. Yeah. Everybody's new, and we're listening to we're listening to people that have very little experience in this space. I just want to touch on it as well because it it stuck out for me. Um, any key points on how you managed to have such a you know successful rise? It's literally just about a year, and um, it says one million downloads. But you were just speaking to me earlier, and you're looking like to be very close to two million downloads for your podcast, um, and like it's really sort of hit that critical mass and is picking up pace. Um, and that doesn't happen by accident or by luck. I just wonder if you had any tips for our listeners. The biggest tip I can can add is that we spend so much time doing um, – we spend so much time promoting our latest episode. Yeah. And meanwhile, like I'm on episode – I don't know. I just recorded I think 161 or something like that. Yeah. And – I have 160 previous episodes that have great, interesting content. And I spend a huge amount of time promoting those shows. I do it with Twitter. I do it with Facebook. That I do is it a with, brilliant with point. Pinterest. Yeah. And, and that's something I learned from Derek Halpern who said, you know, everyone's so concerned about like cranking out new content when the old content is just as valuable. Yeah, you may see some uh, some older episodes being promoted very soon for Awaken Your Alpha. That's right? brilliant. So I have, a, I have a new course that I'm doing called Life After Eight Weeks, which is a, it's basically an advanced podcaster's course. Yeah, after you do this. The new and noteworthy was, was lovely right. them eight weeks. I loved it. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's, when new and noteworthy ends, the real work begins. That's yep. my tagline for this. And so the the concept is if you want to do this for real, like if you want to do this for a living, this is what that course is for. It's not for sort of the I don't really care. I'm going to just throw a podcast out. Yeah, because some people first. do that sort of as a little, like you say, a little throw out thing in addition to their, their, their almost like their real job. And this is just a throw that's off. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that's that's not what this this no. is for. This is for the people that want to do it up. Very aware of the time, and your and your seven interviews or six left to go. So I just want to finish this off with the al- <laughs> the alpha round. Um, this is where you're going to give us all your tools, tricks, and tips and resources that help you be an alpha. And you've already started off with some great advice there. Could you give us a book recommendation that you think would be very helpful to our listeners and maybe really specific to what we've been talking about? 
No. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I can give you six. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I, have a, I have a group of books I call the Sexy Six. Okay. And if you read them in this particular order, All right. you can have the same front door you've had for years, but when you open it up, the entire landscape will change if you read these books in this order. So book number one is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Yep. Uh, Check. Book number two is, is The Cash Flow Quadrant, also by Robert Kiyosaki. Brilliant. Book number three is The Four-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Personal favorite. <laughs> Carry book on. Number, <laughs> book number four is The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Ah. Uh, book number five is called Strengths Finder 2.0 by Tom Rath. Mm-hmm. And book number six, especially if you can do anything online, is Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm. So... You can get those all either on Audible or used except for Strengths Finder 2.0 because the, the majority of the book is a is an online test. Yeah. And you actually have to go through this process to test, and it gives you a little special code for each book. So you got to actually buy that one. Okay. Brilliant. I mean, oof, yeah. that is a very solid recommendation list. Brilliant. Um, well, and, 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 and the, the, the funny part is my girlfriend, who's – now on to book three of the sexy six is already unemployable after reading the first two. <laughs> so just I'm forewarning anybody yeah. that does that, just know that that Be ready. happens. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm warning you right now that if you have you got a particular yeah. a particular high tech resource, if we took it away, you'd probably cry. A bit like Ever your note. beautiful car you used to have. Evernote. <laughs> Evernote. I said it was, like while you were talking. I like, thought yeah, I heard Evernote. you say, was that Evernote? Evernote. Okay. Evernote. Yeah. It's, it's my, it's, it is the, uh, it is the blood in my veins. Sir. <laughs> okay. Brilliant. And to go with that, have you got a particular alpha, alpha habit that you do daily that if you don't do it, your day is off. Taking my dog to the park and throwing the frisbee to him. I've just, I've seen your dog is called Dexter and that's the only dog <laughs> yeah, I've ever right. had is, was called Sorry. Dexter. I absolutely loved him and uh, he was, yeah, yes. he was a Labrador. And um, what type of dog is yours? He's an Australian cattle dog mix. Oh. He's, a, he's a frisbee dog, so we go out and ah. play frisbee every day. He's one of the show-offs, yeah. No, that's, that's yeah. Just, I imagine all dogs are like that in San Diego, you know, strutting down the beach, jumping up, looking <laughs> yeah, good. Totally. <laughs> that's, how they get the, uh, that's how they get the bitches. <laughs> I love it, and that's, can, not, I, that's not degrading, that. is it? That's actually that's no, correct. That's, 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 that's how that's they get the bitches. Bearing in mind your background and your, your podcast, I'm really interested in this. Who do you think I should interview next or very soon? And I'm looking for... Two recommendations, just completely whoever you want, and someone who you've interviewed in your 161 episodes. You should interview Nick Unsworth. Oh, I'm after. I've, I've hassled him actually. I'm I'm after him. <laughs> he's awesome. Okay, yeah, he's good. I can probably help you with that. Cool. I've got the t-shirt, uh, and that still didn't reel him in. <laughs> oh, it's uh, Andy Murphy. Have you ever talked to Andy? I've not even heard of Andy Murphy. Oh yeah, he's so good. Just fantastic. Just Brilliant. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that's that's what I'm after. That is awesome. They're yeah, two again, two very strong recommendations. Well, I've been, I'm, I'm loving this, but I know you've got to go as well. And uh, if people want to hear more, apart from the Solopreneur Hour podcast or link to that, what's the best way people can connect with you or find out more? Episode sixty-eight, Michael O'Neill. Solo Hour on Twitter, SoloHour.com, Solo Hour on Facebook. Well, again, thanks for your time. I hope I started off your run of seven interviews back to back okay and got you uh, warmed up for the next one. Um, but it's been absolutely brilliant and if you ever need anything or you're over England way give me a shout and uh, I will uh, come running my friend I would do that thank you so much I appreciate it man no worries I appreciate you having me on Adam it's brilliant yeah I'm sure we'll cross paths somewhere <laughs>
Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. Make sure you follow us also on Twitter at Awaken Your Alpha to get all the details and keep in the loop. Follow us on Twitter. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless.